This is the um, Community Health Show on Revive FM 94.0. Uh, uh, this is your host, Abdul Malik. Um, we're talking today about uh, mental health. So we are going to be talking to uh, some guests that have arrived into the studio. And I'd like to introduce you to a local community group that I've been working with in the past, in uh, former guys. Um, the, the work that they do is very much user-led and that means that they involve people at a grassroots level and I'd like to welcome the studio to Enough which is Independent New Users Forum right and that's uh, an organization that are working with people who are sufferers of mental health issues and mental health illnesses so I'd like to welcome to the studio a couple of people um, one of whom I've known for quite a while, and she's very proactive in terms of her work with that organisation. Um, welcome, Hamera Hussain. Assalamualaikum, how are you? Alhamdulillah, good. Uh, welcome, Debbie Williams, a service user who's involved in uh, Enough as well. Nice to meet you too. Hello, Talk closer to the microphone, or move the microphone. Okay. Can you hear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't have your mic up, so that's okay. Okay, okay welcome both of you. Um, enough has been around in the London borough of Newham for quite a while now. And 1998, okay. Um, that's a long time, and you've doing, been doing a lot of work around mental health. Um, when I say it's a user-led organisation, what does that mean?
think it's important to distinguish the fact that the point, important point that you made is we have got mental health with us all the time, haven't we? Uh, it's with us. It's just that we don't, we don't, we are not conscious of the fact that we have um, a need to address our mental health and well-being, and it, and we have other health issues that are going on with us all the time, and sometimes our mental health is eroded and is affected in an adverse way and that has a knock-on effect on yeah. our ability to recover. So many people who have said that they don't have mental health mm. and I'm like, what do you mean? It doesn't make sense. Speak closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. You need to move it down a bit. That's... Okay, okay. said to me that uh, they don't have mental health right. um, and I'm, I'm always confused by that because you have physical health um, but why not mental health and um, everyone needs to know that they do have it and they need to take care of it right yeah okay um, what tends to be the main kind of symptoms that people are suffering from when it comes to mental illnesses and how can we t detect them well Agitated, they talk to themselves. Right. Some people hear voices, and then the initial is the breakdown. Mm. And if you offer to speak to them, that can usually break the ice with them rather than ignoring them. Okay. Well, most um, mental illness, for instance, there's various forms of mental illnesses, as we all know depression, anxiety. Uh, schizophrenia, they all have their own symptoms, um, so it varies, so we can go through a lot of things with depression, um, the person would be feeling sad, hopeless, um, like they have no direction, um, they'd be confused, um, irritable, um, sometimes they don't get out of bed, um, get out of the house, and then if you go to, you know, uh, in terms of anxiety, um, you're worried all the time. Uh, there's lots of worries all the time, yeah. Um, sadness and anger, because you can't deal with the emotions that you're suffering with. Some people that don't even know that they're going through this. Um, so they're always, um, there's this anger, they can't really control their emotions as well. So yeah. So, I mean, these symptoms don't just suddenly come on, do they? No. They, they, they take a while to kind of manifest mm. and, and kind of like encro encroach on your daily, daily, like ability to do your, you know, day-to-day -day activities. And a lot of people say to me that, you know, there are some times when I just don't want to speak to anybody and I just want to hide away in a dark room. Is it as drastic as that? You know, do people, does it affect people as badly as to the point where they're unable to do things for themselves. Yes. Right. Yes, right. they do. As right. it, with um, the causes, as mm. you mentioned, um, there's various reasons why mental illness um, happens in an individual. All individuals are very different from each other. Um, uh, environmental stresses. And losing their jobs, having right. bad health. Mm -hmm. And marriage breakdown, right. some people go through bad stress with that. Mm -hmm. Even subtle 
subtle things that even no one no one would think that something would a mental illness would take place but it does sometimes happen it, it can evolve from when they're younger um uh, parents leaving people leaving um uh, bullying being bullied at school uh, and it develops and it's not dealt with so it goes into the adulthood so um that's one called environmental stress um the second one is genetic factor you might have a family member that's suffering from uh, mental illness and that that passes on um it doesn't happen all the time but it's it's possible that it could happen like that you know like with a lot of symptoms of physical and mental illnesses you tend to get people that tend to want to mask some of that mm. for various reasons that they just don't want to disclose the fact that they have something unusual about them mm. in terms of their health or the mental health and well-being why do people adopt that strategy why do people mask conditions mm-hmm. why, why, why is it a coping mechanism is it a way of dealing with it um, that could be one of the reasons, uh, but it's mostly, I think, got to do with stigma. Right. We're yeah. going to come on to that. Yeah, we will come into that. Right, we'll come on to that. Yeah. Right, we'll to that. Yeah. Don't want to talk about that mm-hmm. straight away, because it, that in itself is a whole area that, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's very inherent with anything that's kind of taboo, if you like. Um, mental health tends to have this association with something that's unnatural, unnormal, you know, if you have something that's related to a mental illness, there's something quite wrong with you, you know, to the point where people want, don't want to interact with you, or they think, oh, you know, this person's, you know, you use the term stu- um, uh, stupid or um, mental, we actually use the words, don't we, we say, oh, that person's mental, what's mm. wrong with them, and it's quite derogatory, isn't it? It is, it is. So we'll come on to that later. Mm-hmm. And going back to the causes, you know, yes. you said there's various life changes. You know, mm. we go through a lot of things in our lives that have a knock-on effect of us: bereavement, grieving, loss of a child, mm. loss of a, a partner through a breakup of a relationship. You know, I, I fully understand that, and I've, I've personally I've experienced you know, experienced a lot of trauma from various life changes in my life that has mm. resulted in kind of sadness and depression and one of the things that I, I think people don't really understand is if you're grieving for a lost member of your family, a, a loss that you've had and you know we, we as, as a community have to embrace the fact that with, there is, with life there is death yeah. and we lose people that are close to us, that in, in itself brings an amount of um, a feeling that gives us a form of depression, a mm-hmm. form of sadness, and uh, letting go of the fact that you're losing somebody. What what kind of support do you think people need when it comes to that kind of um, situation? You know, it, the the institution here has a service which did, um, helps people with funeral a funeral service, and they simply work on the basis that somebody's parted from from their families. We need to bury them. But there's also the whole area of looking after individuals that are close to that person that has passed away. That I don't think is captured anywhere. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it. We don't have a support group. We don't have a you know a bereavement uh, uh, enabled. 
brought enablement that has, has, has covered that. I think in, in one of the shows that I did during Ramadan, we'd, we did have a discussion around end-of-life care. But with, with that as well, there's the whole shebang of dealing with people who are going through a, a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Does, does that something that you think that is, there's a gap in looking at supporting people? Mm-hmm. And there's lots of members that have come to our organisation mm-hmm. and they had a breakdown because okay. of uh, people that passed away in their family. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. I'd just like to rem- remind the listeners, you're listening into Revive FM 94.0. Um, you can call into the studio on 033-440-0940. Uh, we have WhatsApp and text, so you can drop a message in on 078-7894-0940. And obviously we uh, have a web presence on www revivefm.co.uk and we're broadcasting live on FM on 94.0 so you can listen in to us and if you have any concerns or if you have any questions that you'd like to ask our guests feel free to call in Um, so the main causes are are diverse and I believe also the way that you support somebody I think is not it's not one size fits all is Mm -hmm. it? You can't deal with you have to deal with everybody uh, individually. Yep. We all have got our own, um, you know, psychological makeup, if you like, and we all deal with things in a different way. Some of us bottle things up. Some of us are uh, waiting to unleash onto our nearest and dearest in terms of how our, our feelings, uh, and it can be quite volatile. Mm-hmm. Some people want to express their concerns and their, yeah. and their emotions in a very visible and vocal way. Some of us tend to bottle things up, and I think that's where the where the difference is is how you deal with people. Yeah. And I think you have people out there in the community who are trained up, uh, professional who can deal with people who've got come into touch with anything to do with uh, mental illness. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a, as a question to you, um, I mean, I'm going to ask you how you seek help, but in terms of where to go and who to see is there quite a di- is it quite disparate is it quite fragmented in terms of how you can gain support for people well they're trying to uh, fund uh, many areas um, but they've, at the moment um, whenever you if you think you need support <laughs> if you think you need support um, you would go to the GP first thing um, the second thing there is um, there's a 24-hour mental health crisis helpline, mm-hmm. which I'm uh, going to read out now. Okay. Um, it is 0207-540-6782, and if you're ever feeling like you're in distress or you think your uh, mental health is deteriorating, you you can give them a call and they will. They've been really good. We will, we will mention that at the end of the show. I think it's very important to give signposting information yeah. to people who are listening in if they choose to rather not call us or speak mm-hmm. to us and they, yeah. they want to get independent, you know, confidential advice. It's important that people have a, a routine to mm-hmm. being signposted. And that's what's, what this show is all about, is mm-hmm. bringing people's attention to specific issues around health and well-being, but also being giving them the uh, ability to go off and get, seek help, so that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we're going to go on a commercial break right now, 
and we'll come back to you after the break and we'll continue the discussion with our guests um, from Enough who we're discussing mental health and well-being issues. Stay tuned.
other things that you mentioned in the break, um, Romero, was there are a few other things that we haven't captured. So what, what are the other causes that you've found? Um, chemical un- imbalances. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's uh, a couple of um, neurotransmitters called serotonin, dopamine and others that cause an imbalance in the brain. And that could be caused by various different things. Um, uh, people that have underactive thyroid, for right. example, right. might suffer from depression. Okay. Um, there's a various different thing like things that can happen is from that there as well. Okay. So yeah. So okay, that's fine. Um, what can we do to help ourselves? How can you get help, and what are the, what tips are there? First of all, um, the individual uh, needs to understand and um, accept that they have an illness. Okay. They can't help themselves otherwise, or they just be in that loop. Mm. Um, once they know that they have an illness, uh, they can do various different things that can help them out. Um, they need to, first of all, start take care of themselves. Uh, when a person has a mental illness, and um, it's... Uh, it could be, you know, a bit of anxiety or um, or a depression, and they know they have it. Then they should start. Yeah, I can start eating well, and start exercising. I can't stress how much exercising is really, really helpful okay. to um, your mental illness. Um, try new things. It's really important that we are in London. I'm not sure about everybody else, but we are in. We're always doing one thing, going to work, we're coming back, um, eating, going back again, doing the same thing again and again. And that kind of uh, doesn't exercise the mind. So try new things, learn new things. Uh, meditate for those that meditate and pray. Um, I, really, I really think that uh, prayer um, helps as well. And connect with others. Okay. And last but not least, talk. Yeah, talk with others. Let them know you ha- you're going through this because there's people don't really talk about it. They don't say I'm feeling sad. Has anybody ever uh, gone to you've gone to someone and said you know I'm feeling really low today? Nobody really says that, but they say I'm happy. Mm. Yeah, but they don't say I'm you know I'm I'm feeling really sad today or really low. to say that we're in a good mood mm-hmm. and something's looking rosy for us and we're the first to share that with everything yes, it but it's it really difficult to share negative information negative feelings about yourself because you feel oh why would I want to burden somebody else with it but I think that's the fundamental thing if you haven't got somebody to turn to that's prepared to listen to you and to accept that you're going to have good days and down days then What's the point of having those relationships? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be good times and bad times, and I think people need to understand that life isn't always rosy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot of things that people have to go through to deal with, um, growing up, teenage years, youth, um, studying, getting a job, getting married, having a uh, you know having a, a, an ongoing relationship. Mm-hmm. Then people get start to get older, and they tend to have a lot more ailments. You know that in itself is a is a is a is a huge burden to deal with, especially not only just for the individuals, but also people who are their loved ones or their carers. Yeah. Do we have provision for people who are carers even? Because I think that's also something that's quite important. Mm-hmm. Because if you carry, if you have a caring responsibility for an individual who also happens to have a mental health yeah. uh, a con- 
concerned, then that has a knock-on effect to other people, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, it does. I mean, does, does enough have that um, yeah, we, focus around people who care for mm-hmm. individuals? Um, they can also become members. So we right. uh, we have all facility, facilities for carers Excellent. as well as services. Excellent. Okay, so the next question really is, how can you support someone who you know is suffering from a mental illness? Would you like to answer that, Mike? Um, Yeah. 
um, it's also important to understand. Um, this is how we're, we're probably not as well equipped in terms of being able to um, support somebody because we don't know what to say and what not to say sometimes. Sometimes we might put our foot in it by saying something that's quite... Um, Personal, a bit yeah. rude, mm -hmm. and it's like what you said before about triggers. You can say something to somebody mm -hmm. without realizing and trigger yeah. them off, and that only adds to the problem. Yeah. Why is it that we have to have these sensitivities around mental health? Should should we have them? Do you think we should have them, and, or should we just just be extra careful? Because sometimes that only then leads to us putting us off engaging with people, isn't mm -hmm. it? No, no, you should engage. Um, as you're saying, the first thing you should do is ask the individual how they're feeling, and that's not even a hard question. Mm. It's so easy. Um, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Right. Um, and as I said before, no judgments. Okay. Uh, no uh, opinions of your own, throwing out your own opinions. Mm. Yeah, keeping it simple is the best way to go around dealing with people that suffer from mental illness. Well, what if I sort of like launched in and said, oh, yeah, well, I, I dealt with that in that particular way. It's no big deal, is it, really? I mean, what's the big, what's the big problem? Come on. No, no, that's Come not on. the way to um, go around it, yeah. You know, um, fix up, you know. Oh, no, no. That hurts me it. as you're saying it. I know, but I'm just saying, playing the devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, the people do say that, yeah. Go in and actually make things more worse for somebody, but just by saying, well, I mean, come on, get over yourself. Mm -hmm, because Why? the person's already judging themselves. Mm -hmm. They're going, "Why am I going through this? I must be there's some, there must be something wrong with me. I must have done this. I must have done that." Okay. Someone else just says uh, something like that. It just reinforces that idea mm -hmm. that there is something completely wrong, wrong with you, and you need to not. You just need not to be here. <laughs> People do do that. Um, yeah, it's quite sad that we've we've had to deal with that kind of situation. Do you get instances where you're having to deal with awkward scenarios where you get to have to diffuse situations between your members, for example? You, you, you might have meetings where everybody's got a, their own opinion to share, but you know, it, then it becomes like it spirals in a downward spiral and it all ends up in a huge chaos. Um, yeah, every day, every I would day. like to say. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing, Michael? Do you think it's um, good to have that kind of banter and share views and get on each other's nerves, perhaps? We have a lot of banter. <laughs> Why should we be 
why should why should people with mental health needs be separate from yeah. the mainstream community? I think mm. this is the fundamental problem with the health and the way that health is structured in this society is that we always tend to compartmentalise certain things. So if you've got diabetes, you've got diabetes, yeah. you've got mm. nothing else going on. If you've got heart problems, if you've got all this stuff going on, you don't have mental health as part of that. Why is it that we have to shelve that to one side? I don't think you should. I think people need to fully appreciate and understand that it's a holistic way of dealing with your individual health needs. I think it's to do more with how it's publicised. Yeah. Because you can get like shows up if you've got depression, it's just, it's just like the dark side of it. It's never when it comes out of it.
being comfortable in coming forward to talk about mental health. Um, we're on Revive FM 94.0. This is the Community Health Show with your host, Abdul Malik. And we've also got our special guests from Enough, uh, Humera, Debbie and Michael. So we've got a wealth of knowledge and information. Feel free to call in after the break and ask them questions specific to your individual needs. Ha have you encountered somebody that is going through... Um, a situation where their mental health has been affected. Do call in and share with us your, your concerns because I know a number of you out there that um, were actually quite keen to cover this topic So, and, and you're also people who, who have dealt with issues to do with your mental health so I'd be quite interested for you to call in and let us share that information if you're willing to do so. Um, you can call us on Free. Travel four O nine four O and on WhatsApp we're on O seven eight seven eight nine four O nine four O and we're also on revivefm.co.uk and you can look into us on FM ninety four So we're going on a commercial break and we'll be back after the short break. Celebrate Punjab with Jubilee King, Arif Lohar, and UK Wali Punjab and Sona Valia. So um, one of the questions that I think a lot of people would want to know, um, Humera, 
Debbie and Michael, is that where can I go to get help if I feel that I need to get help when it comes to my mental health needs? Um, what would be the key? Yeah. Then you may be trying to hospital. You might try and see, go see a local hospital, see if there's someone you can talk to. Right. Okay. They, they might be able to move you on to somewhere else. Sounds really straightforward and simple, no, but no, reality, no. is it? Right. 
of this counseling session. Right. So, in the day when I got sick, I went straight on to medication. Yeah. But these days now, they're tending to use more counseling. Right. Get people talking. Okay. I'm going to touch on that point afterwards because okay. that's specifically to your experiences as okay. an epidemic. So, yes. I would want to talk about that more um, because that's a personal thing. Um, with the GP, um, sometimes uh, they do quickly prescribe. Um, they don't really look. For, they don't really look for holistic treatments. Um, I'm not going to complain. Am I complaining? No, we <laughs> Am I allowed to? <laughs> the airline is yours. You can say Whatever with your reason what, what you feel. Because it, at the end of the day, if, 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 it's a, if it's an opinion that's shared by others, yeah. it ought to be it ought well, to be quite common knowledge to people. Um, um, in our membership uh, form, we have um, on the top a, re a referee, so you're allowed to write down your GP details. Yeah. Um, or mostly, it, people write down their um, a therapist, a counsellor, etc., etc. But when it's a GP, mm. it's so hard to get for us to get in contact with them for a risk assessment. So um, the GPs need to be more open, um, which they're not at the moment at all. Um, and if they know our organisation, they should be able. To to quickly be able to email us, sort it out, but they, they're, they're not open to that at all, um, which is quite um, sad and it slows down the whole process. Does the NHS body in the, in the locality not have a specialist lead for mental health within the GP community? That used to be, there used to be. Can I uh, think of it? For us, we just get stay connected with the recovery team. But uh, in, the, in the primary care, is there not a lead person when it comes to mental health in the GP? Uh, federations that you have now. The thing is, people keep leaving and coming, and right. they Things keep change constantly. Uh, we know someone one one year, and the next year there's someone else. So, so there's no real continuity, is mm. there? Really, I think that's a fundamental problem when it comes to change. And let's face it, the NHS undergoes a huge amount of change, mm, and it's almost like you're in a you're in a, a, a cycle of change. And by the time that change takes effect, you're back to square one again because there's people don't leave things long enough to bed in to see that change and to realize the change to see whether that's doing any benefit mm -hmm. i mean recently we had a gp lead in in the uh, studio talking about integrated care it all sounds it all sounds um very very interested in interesting in terms of um you know exciting innovative ways of tackling patient care but at the end of the day if, it, if that innovation brings in more investment you'd expect to see change and you'd, you'd expect to see improvement in people's quality of life and quality of care but I feel that bringing in change is only good if you allow for that to take effect mm -hmm. and I don't think when it comes to things like mental health we know that mental health funding has, has, has been promised but it's not really taken any kind of effect yeah. particularly around young people I don't see that there's more this borough likes to think that they spend a lot more time and effort in supporting young people but what about young people's mental health needs are they addressed fully do you think no especially with all the straightforward question and yeah. straightforward answer yeah. no yeah. especially yeah. with all the I'm not going to Yes. There's lots of different writing, and I always, I feel, this is my opinion, that 
why it all kind of leads back to mental illness. Sure, sure. Yeah, so. Okay. Um, this is a very important thing that we, we, we know that there is uh, an element to mental health issues. This is, have any of you been discriminated against because of your mental health issues, Debbie or Michael? Um, a couple of times I have. Yes. Out there, but we need to hear the good stories and yeah. 
uh, and, and best practices what's worked well and I think that's why I wanted enough to come in today because I think what enough has demonstrated as far as I'm concerned that there are areas of good practice that are where you could share that and I think that's where we fall down we, we're happy to share some people are not happy to share and when those that are not happy to share then, then the benefit is dissipated and mm-hmm. we don't get to create co-create together and things that have worked well and implement them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so any, anything else you'd like to add in terms of the discrimination, um, Homera? I, I'm sure you see it in spades. You must see yeah, it in I huge do. droves of people coming to you and saying, oh, look at what happened to me the other day. And that, that must affect mm-hmm. you, surely, yeah, because it, it you have to deal with it in, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a proactive and tactful way. Yeah, um, especially that, I mean, I've been working in Midvale for a very long time now, and people usually come to me and they say, oh, you're still working there, or... Right. With a, with so, you're still working there, <laughs> so you're passionate about it. Yeah, I am, yeah. Um, so it's, it's considered, like, ooh, mental health, uh, raised eyebrows. Mm. Um, still working with, uh, air quotes, loonies. Uh, yeah. It's quite sad that they don't realise how... So you must have seen a number of commissioners in health, mental health, come and go. Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, I bet you have. (laughs) I'm putting it out there because we know for a fact that people who are the decision makers around mental health see it as a pathway in their career. And they just come in, do that role for a certain amount of time. They implement things, they commission services uh, and give money to organisations like you, hopefully, and you put that to best use. Or do they come around again and review? Do they see that it's made an improvement, or does somebody else come in along the way and just take over things and say, mm, I want to try something different. I don't like the way that's been done. So where do you get the innovation? Where do you get the improvement? Mm-hmm. You don't get it, do you? No, well, especially with the commissioners. Uh, the last commissioner didn't really have the money to give out. Okay. I don't know. He, I talked to him, where's that two million that... Uh, Theresa May promised to um, mental health mm-hmm. um, and uh, he said uh, it's been filtered elsewhere so it's not coming to on to mental health at all but in the last six months um, mm. they are making it to that they are trying to get enough involved in UM, which I feel um, is a positive step because we are a user-led organisation if they're not going to ask us who are they going to ask Oh, that's a, a term that you've used. <laughs> Probably somebody else is listening in. Maybe they're going to ask, ask. Oh, ask yes, they you know. might ask, ask. Ah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, anyway, everybody's allowed a fair yes, crack of the whip. We're, yeah. not, we're not discriminating no, here no. in terms of who should get money. I think no. money should be there and you can share it. Should be able to access it fairly and yeah. freely and equitably and make improvement. But I want to see personally, and I've been around in health and well-being for a long time to know this, we need to collaborate, we need to share best practices and we need to come together and talk around about um, mental health. Absolutely, we should. Yeah. Uh, and because that's, there's, that's the there's something forward. that we're good at and there's something that other organisations are good at yeah. as well and um, I'm happy to uh, talk through yeah. things because that's, that's, that's how things are going to work out. But, I, think, um, I think we need to be progressive in terms of our ambition around mental health we need to make it more mainstream we shouldn't keep it to one side it should be part and parcel because other other big huge um charities get the credence they want they, they feel that they do
deserve. So why isn't it that mental health charities should also uh, get that um, due diligence as well? So that's important. Um, we're coming up to the news hour. So um, is there anything that you want to add on to discrimination? Because we're going to touch on stigma after the That's uh, one of my favourite subjects. So I don't want to launch into that yet. No. Um, is there anything else, any other scenarios that you've seen in terms of discrimination? At all, Debbie? Um, when it comes to jobs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apparently, but they say you have to divulge it on your application form right. that you do have a mental health problem. Okay. Because, however, if you don't and you become unwell while you're at work, then, right. you know, there's no grounds for you to actually mm. stay there if they decide to get rid of you. Yeah, that puts us in a sticky situation sometimes when services come to us and going for a job. What should I do? Because I'm afraid I might not be able to get the job if I declare that I have had a mental illness. Well, you so can say that for a lot of disabilities. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, a tick, tick yeah. box in any job application mm -hmm. to declare your disability. So what's the problem? Anyway, we're going to um, talk about that more. We're coming up to a uh, news break. Uh, this is Revive FM 94.0. Community Health Show with your host Abdul Malik. We're talking about mental health today, so do call in after the um, news hour break, and we will take it from there. Jazakallah khairan for tuning in and keep keep it keep listening. Through Minhaj Welfare Foundation, your giving saves lives. Your support has provided more than three million. counseling on matrimonial disputes, Islamic wills. Islamic law of inheritance or an Islamic verdict on any other issue, the Muslim Sharia Council is at your service. We provide official certification and our experienced and highly qualified Imams are available to provide you with guidance when needed. MQI London is based at 292-296 Romford Road, Forest Gate. We are open from Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Or alternatively, call us now on 0208 Superintendent with the Metropolitan Police says DC Harper's colleagues will be in shock. The deal's not done, but what, what today is is a significant milestone from where we were on the 21st of May. Now, what this means is now there's the next chance to complete further due diligence, really test the resolve of Atir Holdings and, and see what their strategy and development plans are for the future. Apologies for the wrong audio there. The family of London teenager Nora Quarren says she died in extremely complex circumstances. Malaysian police say the 15-year-old starved to death after disappearing during a family holiday. A subsidiary of Turkey's military pension fund could be about to buy British steel. Asha Holding is now the preferred bidder for the business. Well, in sport, the rain is still affecting play on day three of the second Ashes test. England's Jofra Archer got his first test wicket in the morning session as three Australia batsmen fell. 
and the Weather has meant a charity festival where Liam Payne was due to perform tonight has been cancelled. The One Direction stars tweeted the event in London in aid of children with cancer is off. And ITV's announced it's making a drama about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire cheating scandal. It stars Michael Sheen as host Chris Tarrant. That's the latest. I'm Victoria Lawrence. This is Revive FM 94.0. Reviving communities. The views expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of Revive FM or its management. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Revive FM 94.0. This is the Community Health Show with your host, Abdul Malik. We have got um, our guests in today from Enough Independent New Users Forum, which is a user-led charity dealing with mental health and um, sufferers of mental health. And it's a membership organization. And we've got two guests um, with Homero, who's the project lead, um, Debbie and Michael. Welcome back to the second hour of the show. We've got still got a lot to cover. Um, this is a big, big area when it comes to any kind of issues to do with um, things that are kind of taboo in the society. Um, mental health tends to have a cultural stigma. Why is that? Why, why do we have to have this hang-up of stigma in the society when it comes to mental health? I why? think uh, it's mostly... Is it cultural or is it religious, I think? I think a tiny bit of both. Both, yeah. Um, I think people are, need to learn about mental illness, um, educate themselves yeah. regarding um, the illness. In your opinion, is there enough information out there for no. people to learn? No, there is isn't. Is it because it's not culturally appropriate? Uh, I think, um, no, it's not. Um, like, translating, how, I'm not sure how you're going to translate mental health into Urdu. It's very, it's not, there's some words in our languages, it's, you can't translate English to, English to Urdu. Um, so it's really hard to explain to people what, how, what you're going through or um, how to explain um, a, a certain thing in, that you can easily do in English, but in another language it's really hard. Um, I, I speak, I think personally, people might disagree. <laughs> fluent Urdu, but for me to explain um, mental health to family members is really, really um, challenging. Um, so th th there needs to be a, a, a proper program or a bit of funding going into that so it can go it, and, and tackle uh, people, tackle uh, mental illness in environments that people just don't know uh, much about mental health. Um, yeah. The, the next thing I think people tend to do is, um, in, instead of um, getting, seeking help from the GP when they have an illness or something, something is, they feel is not right, um, they, they seek help, they go straight to um, a spiritual healer, yeah. um, they're, they're called Rukia um, in, in Arabic, yeah. um, they go straight to them. Um, uh, studies have shown that people uh, that go through spiritual healers first, um, they tend to think that is what's wrong with them, rather than uh, thinking that, hey, it could be depression or it could be anxiety or it could be schizophrenia. Yeah. Because uh, schizophrenia, is, if, you, if you think about it, schizophrenia could mean, in a, in a, in a 
cultural aspect or um, in a religious act with someone that's possessed. Can you just make a distinction here because mm-hmm. it's important to yeah, understand of what is schizophrenia? Because mm-hmm. people tend to think it's like personality disorder. No, no. Is it? Um, there you are. Schizophrenia is similar to having very bad depression yeah. with what they call schizophrenia. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's various different people um, with schizophrenia. Cause you have paranoid schizophrenia and you have normal, not say normal, but you have schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And paranoid is where people have a paranoia about themselves, about people watching them, talking about them, they get paranoid like that. Yeah. Other schizophrenia is where people hear voices and they hallucinate and things like that. That's the bit that I wanted to get you to mention is uh, when they hear voices, that's where this Rukia phenomenon yeah. tends to, to take take uh, precedence, yes, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Because we, we, the Muslim community feel that, you know, that person's possessed because they're hearing voices, they're being, uh, somebody's demonising them and they're, and it's a, a it might be, the right route sometimes it may not necessarily be the right route sometimes to take certain people because then you're taking things in a in a in a in a fashion that it's not really regulated or controlled no. you're going to somebody who's professed to be a uh, he, uh, a spiritual, spiritual healer and then you're going into the realms of the unknown somewhat mm-hmm. and that can have disastrous effects and i'm sure you've probably seen countless instances where people are coming back into the into health uh, healthcare route in terms of uh, getting more more much needed focused help mm-hmm. as opposed to getting that kind of spiritual help yeah. so what happens there Samara? I think uh, with the rookie especially yeah. um, what, what most people don't know is you can actually do it yourself it's actually words of the Quran that you can read yourself rather than getting someone else to do it for you. Um, you can just read it yourself and then have... Self-healing. Got, yeah, self-healing. Yeah. I mean, when we read the Quran, it's that anyways, exactly. isn't it? And you can do the Rukia, just the passages uh, from the Quran, you read it yourself, rather than believing in someone else to do it for you, because mm-hmm. it kind of leads to shake a tiny bit anyways. Yeah. Not a tiny bit. It does, yes, yes. Yeah, so I, think we, yeah. I think we do, don't realise the detriment we do to ourselves and mm-hmm. you don't want the wrath of the Almighty to come down on you and then make matters worse in the long run because you know there's been countless stories where faith healers and spiritual healers have come in and done more get damaged than good mm-hmm. and not let's, all, let's yeah. not be um, let's not skirt around this mm-hmm. it's, it's it, true there's a tendency for things to go wrong in society mm-hmm. and a couple of months ago there were two famous uh, uh, I'm not naming them, um, uh, faith healers or rook, uh, Rockies, they um, turned out to be crooks. They had thousands and thousands of followers and they were crooks. Mm. And people followed them and they got their uh, air court support. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to mention that Revive FM doesn't have a view on this. Yeah, we, we, like, we have to remain impartial. Mm-hmm. We, we're, not very, we're not going to be judgmental, but when it comes to issues to do with mental health, I think the society and the community at large need to understand that you need to take control of your
your destiny when it comes to anything to do with a sensitive subject and a sensitive issue such as mental health, which affects people inordinately, uh, you know, a, a lot more than we care to re appreciate because you're dealing with somebody's mental state mm -hmm. and that needs to be addressed first and foremost. You need to tackle it in a, in a way which makes it beneficial for them. We don't want anybody to be exposed to any kind of harm. No, no. That's the fundamental point here. Uh, it's not about taking sides on what's right and what's wrong. I think what you said to Romero is fundamentally important. As us of people of faith, we need to take the appropriate steps when it comes to our faith, but also there's support out there, there's specialists out there that can be, that you can tap into for the needs of individuals and you know, let's let's not be um, let's not be um, dismissive of that. We have, we have to address that head on. And even um, in society, I'll call it. I'm going to put it in broad, broader context now. Society itself, um, we don't really uh, talk about anything um, in regards to our feelings. Um, and if when we do, it's like, hey, what's wrong with you? It's like a stiff upper lip thing. I think, I think it's more of a British thing as well. And so uh, it kind of runs in. It, it, it's, I think it's. A, uh, I feel this Pakistani thing is because I'm, I'm come from that kind of environment. So I kind of, people don't really talk about their feelings at all. Mm -hmm. So um, let's not get too emotive about <laughs> Pakistani and Indian at the moment. We've got a lot of political issues going on. Oh, I I'll go to, into that today. Go that today. <laughs> but I can mention that because I'm from there, so I can I can't say that. So what about? breaking down some of the barriers around these cultural stigmas, how can we approach that? How can we tackle that? Do you want to answer that? Yeah, Maybe. through talking yeah. and education, yes. going to the schools Absolutely. as young as possible that children can start to understand, explain to them. And Do you think we put enough investment into curriculum, international curriculum to talk about mental health? When, not at the moment, no. Should we do it? Yeah. yeah. When when I was when I was at school, I didn't I didn't know what mental illness was. No. So I it was kind of it's kind of sad because maybe if I had known back then, it would have been easier for me to deal with a couple of things. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Michael? Any 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 way that you see that it's important to break down some of these barriers? Talking obviously is important. What about being a role model? You're a very good role model, aren't you? I think oh, so. Yes. <laughs> so, so about being told. <laughs> okay, well, tell us. Um, it's, more, it's more about being owning that, owning your, what, what you suffer with. Sort of like making it your friend in a way. Not, okay. It's not your enemy. No. It's your friend. It's, okay. it's, it's who you are. Right. So it's more about being confident about who you are. Mm. And knowing what you can do. Are always good to have on board, but sometimes they get in the way sometimes.
have a, 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 a slight issue to do with your mental health and well-being and not every day is going to be the same. You're allowed to have good days, you're allowed to have bad days and people need to understand and appreciate that when you're having a bad day, you may not want to talk to anybody, mm -hmm. you may not want to engage, you may want to close the door, turn the phone off, yeah. don't answer the phone, whatever, no social kind of contact, which is acceptable, but there has to be a kind of like a degree to everything, because then what happens is if you if you withdraw and you, um, dis, you know, you disengage, then people can start uh, worrying, aren't uh, they? I think you need to have like a regular basis what you do in a day. Mental health in Newham. 
this site as a place to go for short-term treatment and that was devastating to quite a few people I've talked to. And that was a link for us for our, um, because as soon as they used to go come out of the hospital they would go to the state hospital for a couple of weeks and they would know that they would come, have to come to enough because it was like a, a link, um, a ste stepping stone for right. the next thing that they could do. Okay. But now um, they have a home treatment team which um, is not, uh, I don't think personally is very um, good. <laughs> it might be good in their point because with, I feel with the hormone treatment team they're not getting as much, um, they're not giving as much support as they, sh they could have done with the day, day, day hospital and reaching out to as many people as they can. With the home treatment team they go in, do their thing and they leave. The, the services are stays at home. That's not helping the services. They need to get out. So that's when the, it was really uh, sad that the day hospital uh, came to um, an end. I think they do have a, a couple of uh, hourly things that happen weekly. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm 100 sure. But it's not. It's not going in as it used to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back to you guys after the commercial break. We're going to go on a commercial break and then we'll come up. Come to you and talk about some of the, uh, what do you offer in terms of um, your support as an organisation. So we're going to go on a commercial break now and after the break we'll come back to you. Stay tuned on the Community Health Show on Revive FM 94.0. Did you know that girls like Nura walk an average of three miles every day in search of clean water to support their families? Midhaj Welfare Foundation believes you can end the water crisis by building small and large-scale water projects. Your charity is helping improve the lives of communities living in the poorest regions of the world. However, more needs to be done. Support Water for All. Donate today. Call us now, 0300-3030-777, or visit us on midhajwelfare.org. Celebrate Punjab with Jubilee King, Arif Lohan, and UK Wali Punjab and Sona Varia. Sharia Council is at your service. We 
official certification and our experienced and highly qualified imams are available to provide you with guidance when needed. MQI London is based at 292-296 Romford Road, Forest Gate. We are open from Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Or alternatively, call us now on 0208-257-1786. Have you heard of the new dessert place opening in Ilford, East London? All my friends are talking about it. No, what? what's so special about it? I heard they'll be doing East London's very first nitrogen ice cream desserts and we'll have hundreds of flavors to choose from. They'll even do the new trend in dragon bread. I'm so excited. That sounds nitro-licious. I just can't wait. Yeah, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram to stay updated with their opening schedule. That's Nitro Treat. Yes, that's a really good point because 
uh, disability living allowance, which has been superseded by the personal independent payment PIP, mm -hmm. is now people with mental health are now eligible to apply for that, aren't they? Yes. Whereas before they could have applied for it, but they didn't because they felt that they would be dismissed. Mm -hmm. Now mental health is something that's been categorised as something worthy and is eligible for support. So somebody who has mental health needs can apply for uh, personal independent payment, which yeah. is the, the new precursor to um, disability living allowance. And then you can go off and uh, apply for blue badge and mo higher mobility yeah. if you need it. So that's important. To have advocacy services within the framework of support for people with mental health is vital. Without advocacy, you're not going to get the help, you're not going to get signposted, you're not going to get through your pathway to recovery, are you? Because let's face it, people with mental health needs do need support from the state. Mm -hmm. with, especially with the, the way the system works, I think. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't work. Um, have you seen I, Daniel Blake?
uh, various uh, things that we offer. Um, the next thing we have is, um, do you want to mention the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, First of all, we also do have a men's group. Okay. You said a women's group, but the, the, the funding was cut. Why is, it, why is it important to have separate groups? I, 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 I would prefer mix. Okay. I uh, can explain yeah. with, uh, with having uh, sometimes, because some women and even some men as well, they've yeah. gone through uh, certain things and they, uh, taking that step to come and uh, do something can be really, really hard and for them to actually come in mixed group uh, is quite daunting. So that's why sometimes you have separate groups. Um, so it's easier for them to attend um, uh, so it's mostly to make them feel a bit comfortable and then from there they can start doing other projects it's not something that they will just do stop there and do one thing it's an open uh, thing so they can go and do other things as well what about media and photography and things like that do you do much work around that Um, we've just started a podcast yes And just to mention, the men's group is on a Monday morning, and it's run by Rakesh, and he also takes um, volunteers who want to go gym during the week as well. And onto the podcast, it's me, (laughs) Trevor Jones, and Stephen, and we talk about mental health issues, and we do get like professionals in to interview so we get psychiatrists doctors and all that we've even had for those of us that don't understand what podcast is it's kind why, of, why is that good a good way of doing things it's kind of like people who can't get out okay there's someone talking and they can go i agree with that so there's so they know someone out there is actually talking about these subjects. They might not be brave enough to have their say. Yeah. It's nice to know that people are sort of bothered to sort of put that on live so they can hear. And maybe that might bring someone out more to sort of go, you know what? I might need to see see what I can do maybe to help me. Right. So it's sort of like a helping hand in hand, really. Yeah. And, and it's run by me, okay. Trevor Jones and Stephen. And one of the, we have interviewed one of the people who, who appeared, we have interviewed Dr. Robert, Roberta Babb. Who's famously for the show Sex on the Couch? (laughs) 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 And so we, and we got about twenty episodes available on cash on cash box. Right. And in set, and we starting. There should be a few new episodes from on from September onwards and then it's like and they publish every fortnightly for people to catch up so anybody who's interested in listening go to Cashbox 
not speaking to them. Um, yeah. It's not challenging. It's quite challenging for us. So um, I, um, for the, for a man of time, I've been fundraising. I've, I keep a track of it to see how much I've I've done. So um, personally, for myself, I've managed to raise around sixty thousand. That's really good. Um, and then there's Trevor. He does his, uh, my colleague. He does his fundraising, and he's got his amount as well. Okay. So we we all work together to. Run, uh, any any kind of tips on getting continual funding? So, for example, something that a project that was really well received and uh, had a great impact. Mm -hmm. Have you gone back to your funders and said, "Number one, this was really successful. We can prove it, and we'd like more money." Have yeah. they ever given you more money? They usually they usually say apply in a year, okay. or uh, and they have come they have uh, come back to us with a move forward. run its course and it's done really well mm -hmm. how do you keep it sustained how do you continue continue well it depends um if, uh, we have volunteers okay. that uh, run okay. our projects for us so with the yoga and relaxation we have an amazingly um, yoga instructor called amanda Wright, and she comes weekly she offers her time and she does it with the drop-in with us uh, we have it uh, facilitated by the service users um and the art workshop um we have a, um, a volunteer come in and she does she does a um, facilitating for us. But if it's something specific, um, like um, we got recently funded for a 12-week um, exercise project, which means we need to get someone in to do the exercising, to instruct, to, to do the instructing. So that means we need to get some money. So that's why we have to fundraise for some activities. Excellent. Um, that's really important. Excellent. Yeah. We, we're, we're going through the, the, the programme really quickly. There's lots we've talked about. We're going on another commercial break. So when we come back, with over 15 years of experience 
receptionist in residential sales and lettings. We manage over 200 properties in and around Northwest London, keeping our landlords and tenants updated with all the latest laws and legislation. Based in Edgware, our experienced specialist negotiators always ensure we maximise the full potential of your property. Call us now on 0208 952 0808 for a free no-obligation quotation or visit our website www.maxwellestates.co.uk for further information. Maxwell Estates, the name you can trust. I just had to stay. And people visited me from 
my church and so on. But a long story short, I came out and got myself back into the community. And a leaflet came to my door for a church service. Well, I offered counselling and I went along had counselling there. In the church? Like to say about your experiences with enough, what, what, what 
what kind of things that they, what kind of, you've learned a lot of skills, you, you yeah. turned your hand to podcasts. I did, I done days out. Right. 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 that a bigger organisation that would come in can 
scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. You know your users so well. Yeah, you know the local area so well. You've been around for such a long time. I think it's it's an encouragement to get people who want to support the world of mental health work. Mm-hmm. What can they do to help you? First thing they need to do is if they can start volunteering. Right. Uh, we've got lots of. Um, uh, things that they can join in and they can spot spots in our reception work, admin, uh, even help us fundraising, they can do various things, um, even help do us you, with social networking. Do you ask for a networking. specific time commitment for this or can they come in and come and go as when they need um, we, uh, we talk with the, okay. the volunteer. Right. Uh, most of our volunteers are service users anyway, Fair so um, we try to get as many service users to start volunteering so they, so they can take that step to do the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we talk with the volunteer and see what, what's, what, what time is good for them. Um, and then we can go from there. And even what, what activities they would like to do, um, take part in or participate in as well. Because everyone has their own skills, like Michael here. You know, it's good with podcasting and drawing and doing different various things. We wouldn't want to put the pressure on them to do something that they don't want to do. So if somebody had a specific skill in the community, I'm talking about somebody who's a, like a photographer or somebody who's... Who, who does um, newsletters, for example, mm-hmm. or has got a finance background? They can come in and support you, yes, can't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. With, with, with something, a skill that they can part impart to some of your volunteers mm-hmm. or some of your services, which is yeah. important. So that's 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 key. So what's what? How do we contact you now? Uh, um, our number is O two O eight. Five three four two four eight eight, and they can uh, email us at admin at enough dot org. Enough as I N U F dot org. Okay. Or they can go straight to our website, which has got all the details. And where are you located? Um, we are located on in on the Thacker House, <laughs> uh, twenty seven Romford Road, uh, E fifteen four LJ. So it's Stratford. You know where. Nando's is yeah. and there's a car lot and then that's there's, there's a chicken and chicken shop. If you know where Nando's is that. in Stratford on the high street, you know where Ithaca House is just a few doors away. Mm-hmm. And there's a bus stop right outside. Yeah. We're actually trying to make that bus stop into the, uh, change the name okay. to, and make it Ithaca House. So we'll see how far we can get that's with good. that. Yeah. So you've got campaigning on. Mm, yeah. Excellent. Okay, well we're coming to the end of the show. Um, this is not the last discussion we're going to have around mental health. Mental health needs to be discussed continuously and I will make it my business to make sure that that happens to the point where we're going to be talking to some uh, a bigger national charity coming up uh, in the foreseeable future in terms of the show. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that came to the show today. Thank you to Homera from the organisation Enough. Thank you to Debbie from Enough as a service user and thank you to Michael as a service user. Your time that you've given us and shared some of your personal stories has been vital. This is is a couple of hours of your time but I think it was worthwhile for you guys to come along and share some of the good work that you're doing and hopefully in the future you're welcome to come back and give us an update and things, how things are going on. So this is a show that's going to be a regular feature on Revive Affairs. So we should do the next one in Urdu. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I'll leave you to do the translating. <laughs> okay, 
so all I wanted to say was thank you very much for coming well, to the show. Thank you for inviting us.